It's an unnecessary reboot. It's anti-science propaganda. It's the Frenchiest French cartoon that ever Frenched. Just because you can, doesn't mean you should, on this episode of WatchBots! Bonjour! Ha Hello, world. Welcome to WatchBots, the podcast that always shows restraint. This is Ben, and I am joined by Captain of the Internet, Shailen. Hello. And by Lieutenant of the Internet, Dave. It's great to be on here, <laughs> piloting this brig. <laughs> Quick digression before I get into my plan bullshit here. So I have on uh, AEW Dynamite, the the new wrestling hotness in the background here while we record. There's a young wrestler named Lee Johnson. He's in a match right now. He's wrestling a much larger man, and a fan in the crowd had a sign, R.I.P. Lee Johnson. Would you like to guess how Johnson was spelled in this sign? I'll tell you for context, too. The person holding up the sign was uh, probably 35. Take a guess on how Johnson was spelled. Uh, J-E-A-N-S-E-N. <laughs> that would be appropriate for tonight's show, but a little bit off, Shayla. Johnson. <laughs> it was a G-I-A-N-S-S-O-N. Well, if he was Italian, perhaps. No, it, the answer is, in fact, J-H-O-N-S-O-N. Uh, <laughs> just a little, little transposal for you, and you, nobody's perfect, folks. But it caught my eye while the song was playing here. So, You think anyway. he, wrote, he wrote that on the big foam board and was like, shit. I can't go back to the store. I'm going to be late for the show. <laughs> no, I highly doubt it. I think when you are an adult who's committed to bringing a sign to a wrestling show, you've probably, you're past the point of worrying about spelling errors and the like. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's well, good on him for having passion for lead, <laughs> lead, lead Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. Speaking of <laughs> athletics here. I think by the time this post, the Olympics will be over, but I want to spend just a moment talking about the Olympics. A, a monstrous affair, to be sure, but always a good watch. Over the weekend here, Shailen and I were watching a little mountain biking, and you know it's top-level athletes riding their bicycles up and down rocks and going real fast and stuff, and Shailen very confidently and repeatedly assured me that she could be an Olympic gold medalist against the men in the mountain bike. And, you know, I'm going to give you a second to either recant that ludicrous take or <laughs> uh, dig in further. And I have a feeling I know which way this is going to go. Can I, before you defend yourself, Shailen, can Please. I ask a couple couple questions, a little context setting here? Well, mm -hmm. no, I think that I'm going to answer and it will answer your questions. Booze oh, was yeah. involved, yes? Oh, yeah. Okay. All no. right. That's all. Stone Good. sober. Con <laughs> Context given. Go ahead, Shailen. My confidence came from the fuel of champions, alcohol. And I believe oh, a Wheaties teeny. that I truly <laughs> could have won 
and could still win if all of the Olympic men in the mountain bike competition were as inebriated as I was at that no, moment. That's that's not what you said. And I asked. I said, yeah. you're just saying this because you're drunk. And you said, no. And then you started screaming in my face. But I didn't scream in your face. The point is, I mean. If they had consumed as much alcohol as me and we went head to head, I believe that my liver is more equipped to handle that fight from practice. Did she mention this at the point? Of course or I is didn't. This a new, no, is no, this there, a new development? There's no context to that. I mean, even if there was, and even if that was true, let's just say this race had about 30 dudes in it from all over the globe. 30 highly tuned athletes of the highest caliber. Uh-huh. And if you gave all of them, plus you, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like four shots of Everclear, you think that you could then beat them in a bike race? My confidence would be enough to overwhelm them, and they would just stop and and bear witness to my greatness. I like that this is your rationalization of your take, but when you unpack it, it's actually about on par with the original. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you all know, you know the song, I Won't Back Down. I was going to suggest that we play the People's Court theme song over this, but maybe maybe, uh, Won't Back Down is a better... Do I truly, reasonably, and rationally think it's true? No, I'm way too lazy for that. And even if I were training, obviously, I'm short and not muscular, and it's never going to happen. But let me have this dream, Ben. Let me believe in myself, okay? If there was an event you'd be good at, Shailen, that didn't require alcohol, Mm -hmm. what, what would your Olympic event be? Bullshitting? Is that one? No. A real event? Yes. Th- that's a Winter Olympics event. I'm talking about Summer Olympics. God knows there's not a single Olympic event I could ever succeed in. I have never been athletic. I've never done a sport. <laughs> so, Shayla, the point of the question is... <laughs> None. I could not win any of them. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I like the show when it's like me and Ben imagining all these things and Shailen's like, no, that could no. never happen factually. <laughs> <laughs> Factually, Dave, I'm uh, I'm I'm not an Olympic Olympic athlete, so I won't even uh, ponder this question. What's the closest event you could think of you could compete in? You're in the stands. The Olympics have instituted a new rule: one mm-hmm. average schmo per event, and they point and they say you, and they're pointing at you, Shailen. In this instance, what event would you like to be at that you think you would have the best chance at? Whether or not you get a gold medal is irrelevant. I could put more qualifiers on if it gets you to actually answer the question. I think I could swim 50 meters if my life depended on it. Okay. okay. That's okay. about as close That's as we're going to. I can get across a balance beam with no I'm not, a, I'm not a strong swimmer. If I just ben, have to yeah. balance, I could do it. Three on three basketball. I watched three on three <laughs> basketball in this year's Olympics. So three on three basketball, I think, is a new event. And I was watching a little it's bit bad. of it. And it was like Serbia oh. versus Poland, I think, was the match. And, and the fucking court they used looked like it like they borrowed it from uh, nickelodeon guts <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the, so the announcer was like you want to see some slam dunks you're gonna see it you want to see some high octane you're gonna see it and then i proceeded to see like 10 air balls in five minutes and just these unathletic looking dudes and i'm sure that they're amazing athletes that's not the point just like flopping all over the damn place and i thought yeah yeah i could do this how, how about, about you dave air rifle okay just it, it requires, I don't think any endurance or anything. I just I have just have to point and shoot. I think I'd be okay at that. I like the archery and the Olympic rifles and stuff because you're like, okay, a bow and arrow or a gun. Conceptually, I get that. And they pull these things out, and it's like most Sizzlax like super gun. There's so much like shit attached to all these things, <laughs> like scopes and 
balances and all this madness. If that helps you shoot straight, I guess, so be it. So long as that playing field is level. I knew an Olympic archer's dad one time. That was weird. Whoa. He, his dad was very proud of him and, and talked about like all the training that he did and stuff. And I was like, is there like jogging involved? He's like, no, you just get a lot of arrows and you just keep aiming. <laughs> That's it. That's the training. Can't believe you knew Hawkeye. <laughs> the ultimate Olympian was Elmer Fudd. No, but he was bad at that. See, That's- the ultimate Olympian was Elmer Fudd. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, speaking of um, cartoon characters, tonight... Uh, animated malcontents. <laughs> we are returning to an old favorite. In a sense, the world knows Garfield. The world's favorite orange lasagna-loving cat. Just a real grumpy asshole. And previously, we've talked about Garfield and friends. But tonight, we're talking about a new breed of Garf, the Garfield show. And Shailen, what fit of desperation brought us to these low depths? So initially, I was looking for a completely different cartoon, which was largely unavailable for viewing. Uh, We'll come back to it eventually once I find episodes that can be procured in legal ways. I was just... Racking my brain, trying to think of a good cartoon to watch. And this little gifty fell in my lap. I started to watch an episode and I went, oh my God, we have to talk about this because holy (laughs) shit, why does this this exist? How did you find it? How did you stumble on it? I was just clicking through streaming services and I was like, 2018 Garfield? That shouldn't be. And I think that by the end of this episode, everyone will agree. It should not. It should not. It should not have, indeed. Yeah. I like this sort of episode, the ones that we are like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Here you go. Random draw. You know, wild card. Yeah. I like like exploring this with you guys. This is the fun part of Watch Boss. Well, it's all fun, but this is exciting for me. Ooh, we get to see shit that probably no one else has seen before. It's like the holiday season, you're at a Yankee swap, everything's wrapped, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you go and you unwrap like a random thing and it's like, oh shit, this is a big bottle of whiskey. And then somebody else grabs it and it's like, oh shit, this is a backpack with a dolphin on it. And sometimes <laughs> it's like, here's a bucket of straws. And other times it's like, here's a book on the art of the blowjob. <laughs> Sorry you had to open that in front of your kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's how it goes sometimes. So- <laughs> the Garfield show. We've talked about Jim Davis in the past. We've talked about the empire that he built called Pause Inc. Late 80s, early 90s, we had Garfield and Friends. Big cartoon. Everybody loved it. You had The Farm. You had US Acres. Garf. You had Odie and Normal and John. What a hoot. But you get to the mid-2000s. And it's been a bit. And the world's going, where the fuck is my Garfield? And Jim Davis only made like $6 billion instead of $7 billion. And the mid-2000s was also about 30 years after the Garfield comic strip had premiered in France. So you take that chocolate and that peanut butter and you smash it together (laughs) and you get the Garfield show. With new animation, right? It's It's true. It's a new style of animation. New style brought to you by the fine folks at Dargo. 
I've been taking a Duolingo French for a few weeks. Can you tell? I really killed that pronunciation oh, there. Man, you got it. What yeah. does that mean? What is uh, Dargo? Uh, it, it means, name? It means good, good evening. Accent on the dough. No, you know, mister. <laughs> Dargo is a French studio specializing in comics, but they'll branch out into animation. But some of their comics, you might have heard of them, like Asterix and Valerian. But also some lesser known hits, at least, uh, you know, here in the U.S., like, Black and Mortimer, The Vagabond of Limbo, Lucky Jake. <laughs> lucky oh, I Jake. love The Vagabond of Limbo. <laughs> I'm a Lucky Jake man myself. Hashtag Lucky Jake. The mind behind this, the creative genius day to day, gentleman named Philippe Vidal, who is primarily known for creating The Garfield Show and also a later follow-up, Garfield Originals. But, <laughs> but... A lot of the original crew from Garfield and Friends were brought back, including one guy who I think I've had this problem before. I thought he was French before. He's, in fact, from Los Angeles. His name is Marc Evonier. And <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, Frank Welker. No, 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 not so much. Uh, although he is involved in this. So he wrote for a lot of Garfield and Friends, did a lot of writing on this Garfield show. But you think back and you think about the classic voices like Lorenzo Music as the voice of Garfield. Not so much here. Replaced by Frank Welker, who's great. Frank Welker, of course, the voice of Megatron and Transformers. Garfield, maybe not the role for him. He sounds like if Garfield were both drunk and senile at the same time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like he's just confused. Perhaps he should have done what all voice actors do and just do their one voice you know if he just brought the megatron voice to garfield i think that would have been a winner i would watch that i believe he voiced ray in the real ghostbusters cartoon okay. as well True. as slimer can't confirm so garfield here just sounded like morbidly obese sleepy ray from the real ghostbusters to me not not the best voice he, he did not capture uh, Lorenzo Musics. I don't know. His je ne sais quoi. Oui, oui, oui. That, of course, means um, joy of life in, mm. in French. I no. want to point out your favorite no. voice actor, Greg Berger, played Odie Right, in yes. This. So Greg Berger Berger was retained. Greg Berger was the voice of Odie in the original show. He was the one voice actor they brought back because you can replace Lorenzo Music. You can replace the voice of John Arbuckle. But you can't replace Odie's like, you got to bring back the original for that. No one can do that. No one can make dog noises. Not even Frank Welker. Frank Welker was just demanding too much money to play both of the title characters. So the main characters, I guess Garfield's the title. But But in the 20-ish years, 15, 20 years between when Garfield and Friends premiered and the, the Garfield show premiered, you had a few differences. A few things changed. One, this is a CGI show. And... I'm not talking Pixar, which came out in 1995. This is CGI along the lines of, we, we reference this a lot, when Homer became 3D in The Simpsons. Although, honestly, probably like less than that. There's not a lot yeah. of shadow. This is computer animation if every character was made of like three polygons. It looks like if you were at a parade and there were balloons, like inflatable balloons of the characters but you couldn't see through them and they moved that way too. Like at any given moment, like their feet might not be touching the ground all the way and there's no shadow. So you can't really confirm that they're not floating in midair. Mm -hmm. Like there's no grounding. There's weird geometry happening. 
everybody's like oddly rounded and all the lips looked like they've been in like weird Hollywood plastic surgery places that have now gone under for like injecting illegal substances into people's faces for a profit. Like they just, it looks weird and bulbous. Yeah, it was awful. It looked like a cartoon reboot from the mid nineties. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It looked like they dusted off that software and was like, we don't have to update this. Let's just use this this software and make John look like a horrible, horrible nightmare creature. Let's go with what we got. And let's make sure every character looks just a little bit crazed. But that's not the only change. Fundamentally, Garfield and Friends, again, remembered for half Garfield, half U.S. Acres. This is all Garf all the time. Did that work well? We'll find out in three or four hours here. Another big thing, humongous change to the Garfield canon. Historically. Garfield had an inner monologue that's really like it's him thinking to himself. Mm -hmm. Now his lips are moving. He's talking, but only animals can understand him. Unless, as will happen several times in the Garfield show, not the episode we watch so much, it's convenient to a plot. And then sometimes John can understand what he's saying. That's a game changer. That's an innovation. How did you find this out? Did you have to watch more episodes of this? No, I read it on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. To be fair, though, our animals make animal noises, but sometimes I know what they're saying. Yeah, you got a you got a cat translation app, and then it always tells us that the cat is saying hello or I'm hungry, which is fairly accurate to his actions. I believe that's true. That's Some, you got fucking suckered out of five dollars or whatever you paid for that app. Zero dollars, but no, I mean I know different things that the dog does. She's asking for certain things. Like when she walks to the refrigerator and sits down and looks at me, I know she wants cheese. And when she scratches on the back door, I know she wants to go outside. So and when I she's understand. Like, More bacon. You know that she wants some bacon strips. We have to stop the poacher. Things like that. Somehow, against all odds, against critics not really liking the show, the show got five seasons. Whoa. And, and each each season was two episodes. <laughs> It got an associated Wii game, the Garfield Show Threat of the Space Lasagna. The video game, similar to the show, not terribly well-loved, but I, I like mentioning it because I think the Nintendo Wii, so back in the, the late aughts, as it were, was really the last system where you got a lot of those shitty TV and movie tie-ins. Sometimes you get them on mobile now, but I just appreciate that there is a video game around space lasagna that's based off of the Garfield Show. Hmm. I like that. I, I miss uh, I miss the Balls of Fury Wii game. Sure, <laughs> great um, movie, great great game. Oh man, great concept. Just super super good product to license. Weird uh, weird wacky stuff all around. So in terms of the future of Garfield here, Viacom, the parent company of Nickelodeon, bought Garfield. You know the whole collar, the whole cat scratcher from Paws Inc in 2019 for use with Nickelodeon, but there hasn't been a new show yet. So who knows when our next dose of lasagna jokes and uh, normal getting shipped away, when will all of these things take place? So I guess we have to appreciate what we have for the moment. This show has one of those weird things where it aired in France and it aired in the U.S., and the dates don't line up. And when you get like a whole bit around the date, it becomes a real fucking pain in the ass. And on top of that, this episode that we're watching, this two-parter, doesn't even appear on Wikipedia. If you go to the Wikipedia page for The Garfield Show, you click list of episodes, Bone Diggers, 
bonders slash the robot <laughs> will not appear on that site. And yes, I have complained. And yes, I did freak out. So we're just kind of guessing on air date here. We're going willy nilly. We're digging in. We're saying that this might have aired on November 5th, <laughs> 2009. I wish I knew what else might have been happening in the theoretical world of that time. Say that whole sentence again, but in French. I don't speak French, Ben. I was going to ask you to say the same thing. <laughs> Comment ça va? Je ne sais pas. Comment t'appelles-tu? Ça va? J'appelle. Je suis Paul. Mm-hmm. Oh, Name is Paul? It is according to the Duolingo app. Anyway. Je suis la jeune fille. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. I'm going to start with a pop culture fact here for this one. In 2009, Sony sold 12 million floppy disks. In 2010, they stopped production of floppy disks. So just think like (laughs) 2009, not that long ago, but they sold fucking 12 million floppies. And then that was it. That was the last hurrah for floppy disks. There has to have been like one industry that just hadn't converted yet. I don't know what the industry was. I'm going to go with uh, shoe manufacturing. It was Garfield cartoon production. <laughs> 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 this this cartoon is 500 floppy disks. Well, like you always read those stories about Pixar needs like just these server farms to render their movies and stuff. This was just like somebody's piece of shit PC. <laughs> It took like six minutes to render. They saved it on a few floppies. Yeah, it's some old gateway computer in someone's basement. Yeah. What do you think is bigger? The the floppy disk install for Doom 1 or the floppy disk count for a standard Garfield show episode? Who's to say? Oh, God. Who knows? The limit does not exist. But in the box office, oh, just a strong, strong week. Number one, A Christmas Carol, the nightmare... Computer animated Jim Carrey version. Okay. Oh my okay. god! Yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. Yes, it was, and um, just a you know a fun little continuation of uh, my family's poor poor taste in movies. <laughs> sure, my father's favorite Christmas movie. Oh really? The Jim Carrey yes. one? Yes, that's scary. He loves that movie. You know, I can see why though. Your dad always <laughs> likes people who are a little dead in the eyes. Yep. Uh, yep. It, it gives the holiday spirit, you know? Uh, I remember he watched Little Miss Sunshine, and he... <laughs> Absolutely. He he hated it because it didn't have didn't have any graphics. Mm-hmm. There's no graphics in that, Davey. Mm-hmm. It, it had some, some Greg fix, you know, some, uh, some Greg Kinnear fix, but... What did he think that movie was about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Despite all its technical marvel, I think they... Characters in the Garfield show have a little more life in the brain, in the face, than the the Jim Carrey movie. But those so those eyes are certainly not dead. <laughs> Weirdly, the same person animated both. Mm-hmm. It was our friend Philippe Z- Zemeckis did this. <laughs> it was hand drawn by him. Number two movie, another technical marvel. This is it, the Michael Jackson documentary. This was shortly after Michael Jackson died, so. It's a big there. Number three, The Men Who Stare at Goats. The George Clooney oh. Oh. military yeah. movie, I think. Yeah, they're like, is it like a 
do they are they doing like a psychological experiment in in the military? I or? think so. I think I mixed that movie up with Burn After Reading pretty consistently. I haven't seen The Men Who Scare- Stare at Goats, but I did see Burn After Reading, and I. I don't know what I thought that movie was going to be about, but I know I finished that movie very confused. Shailen, what are some other movies you've seen that you'd like to talk about today? I would rather talk about Burn After Reading. Shailen, I hear you've been watching The West Wing. What's your point, Ben? Not sure. I'm just looking to fill a little air time here. You liking a good Sorkin? Yeah, I got on a Sorkin kick. Absolutely. I don't know why or how. Oh. Well, I know how, but I'm not really sure why I went with it. I told I told somebody at work that I didn't like Aaron Sorkin, and she was very mad at me. Yeah, I said I don't like his dialogue. I'm sorry. Some people like it. It's all rat tat tat and blah blah blah. No one talks like that though. And she was like, "You you have you don't know what what you're missing." I was like, "I think I do. I, I saw the Social Network. It can go fuck itself." You know, it's interesting. We're talking about Aaron Sorkin. I agree. The Social Network, a horrible movie, and. Uh, I'm not an Aaron Sorkin guy, but he did write the dialogues for every episode of the Garfield show. <laughs> Which is crazy. Him so and, I can't believe him and Zemeckis collaborated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we could have figured it out by the amount of walk and talks they do, mm-hmm. you know, between Garfield and Odie. Hashtag walk and talk. Hashtag <laughs> Sorkmeckis. Hashtag Zorkin. Zorkin. Hashtag Trent Reznor. Now, let's get into this show. And over the time we've been doing this, there have been some classic theme songs. You know, we, we know them all. We've talked about them. Fantastic Max, My Pet Monster. Exactly. Gummy exactly. Bears. This song, on the other hand, I'm just going to say it. It sounds like something I would have bought for like an interstitial song off of like audiolibrary.com or something. Let's take a listen to this Garfield theme. What a hit. (laughs) It made me wonder if the producers of this cartoon about beloved orange cat Garfield Mm -hmm. stole the music concept for the opening from the Heathcliff show, but did it badly. Do you remember it was like kind of yakety sax, like not quite (laughs) doo-wop? Of course, yakety sax, not quite doo-wop. Yeah. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I appreciate the effort, Shailen, the comparison. But I'm, I don't know. I, I Heathcliff, Heathcliff, you're no good. Da, 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 da. It sounds like the, a bad game show song. Like that's what it is. It sounds like four bad game show songs. It shifts <laughs> several like, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like one one's like a Wild West wacky game show, and the the next one's like a Price Is Right kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know. It's not good. Is the point? And like, I don't know what it is. And I saw, like, this was made for French 3, what I assume is, like, a BBC equivalent in France. The opening of this show, like, if I hadn't seen that, I would have guessed French immediately, instantaneously. I don't know if it's how the characters move or that I just think French animation is cheap as shit. Like, I don't know why, but I just grasped onto it immediately that something about this feels French. a little weird. You have a nose for that. You've done this before with other uh, French-produced cartoons. 
I just had a thought here. I was doing a little live research while we go. So this was produced in France. We, of course, watched the English version. I just found a version of this show in French. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull it up. We're just going to give it a quick listen. See what we got. Alors, à partir d'aujourd'hui, c'est That's John talking. Et avant de me répondre ou de piquer une crise parce que Still tu as lasagne, je t'en supplie, essaie de comprendre que nous faisons ça pour ton bien. That was Garfield. That's Garfield. Tu es d'accord Tu ne cherches même pas à discuter ou à Still partir John. avec le frigo je ne sais quoi Talk, goddammit. <laughs> Mais c'est formidable. Attends, et je vais te rajouter quand même Come un on, you <laughs> Is that Garfield? That's Garfield. I like that Garfield better than what we got. Ping pong. <laughs> At least they tried something different. That, that was that was a hoot. Anyway, the first part of the episode here is called Bone Diggers. And there's a couple of notable things here. The idea behind this is from the creator of the show, Philippe Vidal, or the executive producer or whatever. I laughed because on screen it said original idea. And there is nothing original about this idea. Like, oh, they found dinosaur bones and it caused a problem. It's so fucking doofy. It's like original. Nothing nothing like it. I thought it was weird. There are so many different versions of it. Like, Oh, it's true. And, you know, there's nothing real anymore. It's like everything's a variation of a theme. The story by Christophe Pujol. And then the dialogues here were by Mark Evanier, who is American, which is weird because a lot of the way that people talk in the show sounds very non-American, despite it this one in particular being written by an American guy and most of the voice actors being American. It's like that they all went to France to Bordeaux or something. And like being in that atmosphere made them all speak strange. <laughs> or or they wrote in English, it. it got translated to French, and then it got translated back to English. So That's exactly this, like, what weird, I was thinking. We're in translation fil- filter. Do you remember the episode of News Radio when Jimmy James's memoir of course. was published and then they translated it into Japanese and then they translated it back and he did a book reading and there was like weird metaphors and stuff happening. And at one point he describes himself as like a tiger. It's fucking brilliant. No, I didn't. I must have missed that episode uh, of News Radio. So that's that was how I was envisioning this dialogue happening. It's like, okay, this is what we wrote. We're going to send it to France. Some people are going to record it, and then they're going to translate it back for us to make sure it's an authentic experience. You know it. We see immediately John's house, and let me just, I'm going to say this a lot. This looks like complete shit. Uh, everything is just very flat. There are shadows, but they're not real. It just looked like complete shit. John is backing out. He's going to work or whatever. In case you guys were wondering, John's license plate is John 731. Hmm. I laughed. What would your vanity license plate be if you had such a thing? What six digit combination would describe you? CRZ, RD. <laughs> HD. That's seven, but allowable. <laughs> Mine would be B A zero A five five for badass, but they won't let you use naughty words. You have to use <laughs> okay. lead numbers. You got one, Ben? I'm thinking through it. I have to make sure. M T H S U X. For my favorite song. 
Oh, that would go well with my uh, current personalized license plate. Mm-hmm. B-U-F-F-E-T. Mm-hmm. Or B-U-F-F-A-N. We love that Jimmy Buffett. I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show. Margaritaville, opening up in Boston real soon. Super excited. Unfortunately, when the world is shut down for a while again, I guess we'll have to put that one aside. But so John's driving out of the house. On his way out, he shouts an instruction to Garfield. And it's just, it's so bizarre. Garfield, don't eat all the ribs while I'm away. Okay, John. (laughs) Sounds good, bud. It's an oddly specific request, John. And you cut to Garfield. And, you know, for as bad as the animation looks, like Garfield in 3D form, he looks fine. I guess I didn't compare it to the Garfield movie with Breck and Meyer. Like, obviously... It doesn't look that good because the budget's not there, but it's fine. Garfield looks fine. Garfield is fine. All the other characters are horrifying, like melted characters. (laughs) Garfield looks like Mickey from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yes, yes. This is a point I had watching the show. Is like, all right, animators, you can, right? Mm -hmm. You can animate. You know how to run the software program that can rig these characters together but should you have done this in this way why Listen, couldn't this be dr ian animation? malcolm and the answer is of course <laughs> life finds not? a way garfield's sitting in there and he's sitting in the easy chair and i always like when garfield sits like he's a little person it's pretty funny but here's the first thing you hear out of garfield <sighs> what should i do now i think i'll eat all the ribs while he's away it's just off like, I don't know how else to put it. It's just, it is wrong. Because no one talks like that? It's also weird because when they say ribs, like, don't eat all the ribs, I'm picturing a rack of ribs. Yeah. Not T-bone steaks or whatever the fuck he was eating. It, it looks like rack of lamb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have said, don't eat the steaks or don't eat the meat. Don't eat the ribs. For me, you know, I'm just a fucking red-blooded barbecue-loving American. Those aren't ribs. You fuck. You fucking idiot, John. The point is, Garfield eats all the ribs. <laughs> he loves food. This guy loves eating. <laughs> so weird. So he, Odie comes up, and Odie's like, give me a bone. And then Garfield does. He gives him a bone. And then we meet a character. I don't know if this character's new for the this show. This is Hercules, the Mexican stereotype dog. And he's he wasn't in Garfield and Friends. I can okay. tell you that for sure. Because the show did introduce some new characters like Hercules here. Also like Vito, the Italian chef, who will often make lasagna for Garfield, in case mm. you were wondering about that. That's cute. Yeah, but here's Hercules' voice. Hey, Odie, look at that mockingbird. He's mocking you. So yeah, you could probably imagine what Vito sounds like. I didn't find an, a Vito episode. I'm just going to take a guess. He says like gabagool 75 times or something. Every other word ends with ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so Hercules steals this bone, right? And he does it. And the fence has that weird rotating picket that you often see in cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about things that you will see in what is supposed to be a world you can recognize, but a cartoon and like that, that fence thing is a big one. In our previous residence, Shailen and I had a loose picket on a fence, but it didn't like rotate around in like a cartoonish way. It just looked like rotting wood and just horrible. Dangled. Yeah. <laughs> just like loose. And we put plants in front of it to hold it up. It wasn't like rotating in a comical way, making dumb noises. 
I've never seen pie cooling on a windowsill, Shailen. <laughs> yeah. I know you have. I have cooled pies on windowsills. I've never seen it. I've never seen a windowsill big enough to hold a pie. Our son has started doing this funny thing where he asks for very specific things that he's seen in a cartoon. And so for the last two weeks, he's been asking me for an ice cream cone with a scoop of pink strawberry ice cream, a scoop of brown chocolate ice cream, Mm -hmm. a scoop of white vanilla ice cream, and a cherry on top of it. (laughs) And I have desperately tried to explain to him that that's not a thing that people do in real life because it's very messy. (laughs) He's not accepting it. Clean the scoop four times to get everything right. You don't want those those other flavors tainting the mm-hmm. uh, the ice cream in the, in the carton. Oh, you know, that that's a given for me. It's more the cherry juice that drips down the side. There's no such thing as a maraschino cherry that doesn't bleed. <laughs> you can quote you, me on that. What are you doing here? <laughs> What's uh, happening? It's cartoonish and unreal, like the fence post. Mm-hmm. Got thoughts on cartoons, folks? Hit us up at Twitter, uh, hashtag bleeding cherry. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the good one, folks. Now, Odie's despondent, and he goes back inside, and Garfield's just sitting there. He had made, like, a bone house or whatever, and he he doesn't want to give up the bones. And he tells Odie, If you want a bone, go dig up one of yours that you've buried out in the garden over the years. (laughs) Just a way anybody would talk, like, let me tell you something about bones, Odie. And... The weird thing here, too, is for some reason, I was noticing a lot of background things here, probably because there was like two things on screen at any given time. There was a newspaper on the floor called The Hour, and there's a picture on it, and it looks like they took a drawing of Prince William and then Mikhail Gorbachev and then smashed them together, (laughs) and they they put this person on the cover of The Hour, and I was like, is this, is this like a political satire? Is this like a Charlie Hebdo kind of thing? Like, what... What is this? Why Why is this here? And I had this thought, and not for the first or last time, that I'm not a big, like, we live in a simulation kind of person, but something about this just, it kept nagging me in the back of my mind, like, this isn't a real thing, you know? <laughs> like, like I, I was expecting, like, the cat to walk by, like, my door frame three times in a row and be like, what? Is there a glitch? Like, I can't, I can't believe that this exists. But it does. So Odie goes back outside and he's digging in the yard and the dirt looks like it looks fucking awful. Just look like big pieces of shit. There's no texture to it whatsoever. And it's not just the animation that they cheaped out on here. It's also the sound effects. <laughs> just hit that sound effect button three times. Those are your dirt digging noises. But he eventually finds this bone and this bone guys it's fucking huge now odie i i don't know scale wise how big odie is this bone's like fucking twice as long as odie right and he's just walking around and garfield's sitting in the house and man he's like still thinking about those ribs that he ate and he remembers the best part of eating ribs mm, licking your paws i hear that brother so mm-hmm. now Odie's here, and he's trying to get this bone through the door, but the bone's too big. It's the too bone's large. too big, and he can't get through there, but somehow he gets the bone in the house. He's explaining the bone to Garfield, and Garfield's just like sitting in the chair, not paying attention. And this is weird, right? Because Garfield, for about 30 seconds of dialogue that you won't hear here, is like, oh, so you found a big bone. Great. And then 
here's a clip that I have not doctored. You get the nonplussed and then the very plussed one second after the other. Oh, if it only had meat on it. Buddy, you know what this is? He had already looked at the bone, so it's not like he hadn't seen it before. But it just, it, it's so weird and so odd. Maybe it was beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> it's so French. <laughs> it's it's so French. French. It's so French. So immediately Garfield's like, this is a dinosaur bone. This is worth a lot of money. And then they go to John's office to jump on the internet. And John's office, as you might expect, is very sad. It's got like a trunk in it and some just random golf clubs are just on the floor. Like, like why would this be in your office, John? But <laughs> it's like for, forced to work out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's his house. Like, there's nobody else there. Oh, I'm sorry. Odie took over my office. So he gets on the internet and Garfield does the two finger typing in case you were interested. And they go to the site of the Natural History Museum. And the Natural History Museum lady, who's I think her name's like Mrs. Brubaker or something, she comes on and she's like, This is worth a quarter of a million dollars. And I thought, oh, that's a weird thing for like the historian to say, like how much it's worth. Also, for odd. priceless fossils, that seemed like a low number to me. Sure. I mean, 2009 was a different time with the economy, you know, with inflation, et cetera. Who knows? Although, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, regardless, Garfield tries to put it in economic terms that a child would understand. And he's like, do you know how much lasagna that could buy? Enough to feed me. And I went, oh, Garfield. Dude, what's that currency? That's ridiculous, Garfield. But then it all turns a little sinister. Garfield decides, hey, I'm going to go to the museum. I'm going to sell this bone. But Odie keeps watching the screen. And what happens next was unbelievable. We found this skeleton in someone's backyard on the west side of town. We had to get a court order to have the people who live there evicted and their home torn down. But we did it all in the name of science. I guess if you want to credit Philippe with an original idea, that's probably it. That the Natural History Museum could like manifest destiny your house to dig it up for bones. So I have, uh, immediately. I chose this episode with a reason, and that's because I have a personal connection to this exact phenomenon. Okay, you had a run in with a Natural History Museum. <laughs> There are laws in many states, including but not limited to Massachusetts, where we live, that say that if you find fossils or evidence of historical significance on your land, they can just take your house and your property by eminent domain unless hmm. you have a special rider in your, in your homeowner's insurance. Cool. And I know that because when I was a kid, my brother dug up some horse bones and my parents panicked and my dad got a special rider on our house because we were on the trail of a couple different, like where our, our house was, where I grew up was in a couple of areas of like historical significance. And he was like, I don't need them coming to dig up in old iron works in our yard and kick us out of our house for 10 months while they try to find like Little tiny bone fragments. Is this um, why your dad insists I call him Daddy Horsebones? Weirdly, no. <laughs> okay. He has other reasons reason. for that. Okay. But beyond that... That's because of his giant hog. <laughs> like, what the hell weird kind of anti-science propaganda is this? Don't look for any kind of discoveries, because science will steal your house. I don't know that it's anti-science. It's anti-house. 
what? No, because yeah. Odie and Garfield, you're supposed to feel sad for them. No, I think they got what they deserved. Gar- Garfield was greedy, and science came around and was like, listen, dick, you're finished. I think if anything, if the past 18 months or so has showed us anything, science needs to be assertive and aggressive, right? Otherwise, you're just fucking... Uh, you're not hitting your vaccination rates <sighs> as a country. <laughs> That's true. Hashtag get that boop, folks. So Garfield here, he's like, I'm going to go to the museum. I'm dragging the bone. So now he's dragging a dinosaur bone around and he gets to the museum. And the museum nice. looks like shit. It looks fucking awful. It's just blocky and <laughs> it's like I drew it. It displays something that they do a lot in this show and it's just have like random people walking around like people that have no bearing on the show. It's just like, oh, we have to make this a living world. So let's put three people in any given scene and just have them walk around. But don't have them walk like people. Yeah, just walk like plottingly and slowly. They look like um, NPCs in a com- in an old computer game, just like walking behind you. Yeah, you can't interact yeah. with them at all. Anyway, here's Garfield exerting. Just, oh boy, real mishmash of sounds at all times here. So Garfield goes into the museum. Immediately, he destroys a brontosaurus skeleton within seconds. Before he does that, though, he's like, this dinosaur weighs 23 metric tons. That's what I weigh after a good lasagna dinner. And I was like, Garfield, what are you, come on, bud. Lasagna is not a way to measure yourself. (laughs) But here we get the real star of the episode, and that's this old man security guard, a real staple in any museum. And here's his debut. That's French for opening. Or the boo. Hey, cat, you're in a lot of trouble. Hey, cat. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> so he thinks that Garfield is stealing the bone from the brontosaurus instead of his original dinosaur bone. So what Garfield does is he climbs on the dinosaur bone. And he's riding it around like he's, he's, he's a log roller. Can you believe it? Yeah. It seems like it's bad for value. Like you're he's devaluing the bone. But, you know, it's cool if you like log rolling because there's like four to five minutes of log rolling in the rest of the segment. <laughs> he's log rolling all over the museum. It looks bad. He rides the log rolling into the next room, which is where the T-Rex exhibit is. And then... The guard comes in and he's like, you're trapped and I'm going to kill you. But Garfield, he's hiding and he's pretending to be a cave person. You get that a lot here. Garfield pretending to be things. <laughs> Great gag. Works well as well this, the eighth time as it does the first. And then Garfield knocks over his second priceless skeleton of the day, the T-Rex skeleton. And he taunts the security dude. Congratulations. You're now an exhibit. The first security guard to be swallowed by a Tyrannosaurus. Ah! Ah! Help! Ah! <laughs> the bees! <laughs> <laughs> it was here, like, I was like, is Frank Walker trying to do, like, if Bill Murray from the Garfield movies <laughs> was trying to impersonate Lorenzo Music, who was trying to impersonate Bill Murray's character from Caddyshack? Like, that's what... I feel like that was the f- the thought process that Frank Welker had mm-hmm. for this voice. No lies detected. I think that's fully accurate. It, Thank I you. Get, I swear it's just like, do Lorenzo music, but 
drunk in French. And they're like, okay, if that's what you want. Uh, Tyrannosaur. Garfield pops out of the room. He's got his bone. And the other security guard shows up. This is Myron. And Myron's like, hey, I know you. You live with that Arbuckle guy. So he just happened to be <laughs> a neighbor of John Arbuckle. and John's a popular guy. I guess so. Yeah, a lot of parties. Um, Frenchtown, USA. It's the um, animated version of Curious George, where like everybody knows who George is and mm-hmm. everybody knows who George lives with. They're all friends. Then Mrs. Brewbreaker comes out. This is the uh, the natural, like the the museum curator or whatever. And she just goes, what seems to be the trouble? As if two skeletons hadn't been destroyed. There's nobody else in the museum, but she's just like, hey, what's going on here? And it's like, look around, lady. That's a lot of, that's a lot of lasagna. And Garfield ho- holds up the bone, hopefully. And she's like, oh, shit, that's from a Brachiosaurus. And then, as she will do, she gets mad with power. Tear down? You mean you just tear down this Arbuckle guy's home? Science is more important than anyone's individual life. Not my liberties. I mean, I can't disagree with her on that point specifically, except when it comes to loss of compassion. Like, people can do both. There's nuance. We're not here to talk about compassion and nuance. Fucking nuance. We're here to talk about France. How French it is. So Garfield's like, tear down my house. Where will I eat lasagna? And I was like, Garfield, take it easy. So what Garfield does here is he, he gets on the bone, he log rolls out of the museum, and he log rolls around the whole city to just horrible music. And this goes on forever and ever and ever. And somehow he's being chased by two motorcycles, which are being chased by a cop car, but then that didn't matter. It, whatever. It's fine. He was you too a, fast. You got a little, sam- sam- little sample of that music, Ben? No, did I don't. That? I did not. <laughs> Bummer. I have my limits. <laughs> surprising i will only subject listeners to so much here so he gets back to the house and Odie has dug up the rest of the skeleton as garfield had asked him to do for some reason the bone that garfield has looks much whiter than the rest because he Uh, scraped all the debris off it while he was log rolling on it we're down to the marrow she's by the way the most talented paleontologist of all time that she could identify a bone without getting within 10 feet of it yeah it's from a brachiosaurus wrong that's ellie sadler (laughs) that's a big pile of shit so garfield and odie have a long conversation which again odie doesn't talk so it's just garfield talking but garfield said something here that i thought was particularly poignant i should have given you that second rib bone you asked for instead of sending you out to dig here and it's true because that would have saved us all about 12 minutes it's true (laughs) and that would have been good so garfield's looking around and he looks at the bones and then he thinks about Hercules next door and he goes to visit Hercules. Now, mind you, John's lawn is just dug to shit. There's like holes everywhere. There's more dirt hole than, than grass. But Garfield goes through the spinning fence picket and he gets to Hercules lawn and it just is like flat and green. There's no texture to it. There's no grass. It's just like if I put in front of you, 35 sheets of green construction paper and then you stood on it that's what this looked like here but here's garfield's grand plan body doesn't bother with those tiny bones anymore and for some reason <laughs> he's, trying, wife left me. <laughs> he's trying to tempt hercules to come steal the bones through this whole scene garfield looks mildly crazed and this happens at least five times throughout this garfield episode 
one eye is maybe like a third closed and the other one, the pupil is huge. And like, I don't know <laughs> if that's a common French thing. This happens to John a lot in the next segment, but he just looks insane. But what happens is Hercules is like, oh, the bones. And he goes and he puts all the bones in his wagon and he takes them next door. So then John shows up, the fucking curator's there. They're going to tear his house down. And Garfield starts gesturing wildly. And he shows them that Hercules has the bones. And then the curator, she looks at the yard where all the bones are in a wagon, but the yard is fine. She ignores the yard that is clearly dug up to hell. And she's like, let's go down, to, down that house instead. And then it just kind of ends. The end. <laughs> Fuck you, Hercules. John, John asks a, a central question. I don't know how you do it, Garfield. I don't know how I do it either. <laughs> That's the concept of Garfield, I guess. But Whatever it may be. <laughs> They go to destroy the house, and that's it. <laughs> that's all we got. So that's part one. Don't worry, there's a second part. Ugh. It's called The Robot. It's a story by Baptiste Hedrick. Hedrick? Baptiste? And the dialogues, of course, by, by Marc Evanier. So we start off here, and the French love beef stew. I think they call it like beef bourguignon or something here. John's making beef stew, but there's no liquid in it. <laughs> so he's got a pot. There's like a polygon for a potato, I think, and then there's a polygon for a carrot and one for beef, but there's just they're not sitting in anything. It's just like dry nonsense. But Well, you don't know how to make French French soup then. That's true. The juice is living come in out France. of the Yeah. It's fair. But the juices just come out naturally. You don't have to add water or stock or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I like it how he yells up and he's like, lunch is almost ready. I'm making beef stew. But he very clearly has already finished he's, he's it. He's made it. Yeah, he's got it on his he's little He's like apron. carrying it over to the table. Mm-hmm. But in case you were worried about like, does John take care of his pets? Like, is he just going to make food for them or is he going to taste it? He does taste it. But then he steps on a dog toy and he falls and the pot of stew goes flying in the air so it's like that scene in the office shaylin i know you like talking about the office kevin drops the chili drops it down in this case john throws it up and the stew horribly scalds him hot stew everywhere (laughs) no what actually happens is he gets two round brown balls to his eyes i don't know if they're taters i don't know if it's beef i don't know if it's some you know french rutabaga i don't know but like he's fine. He just has potatoes on his eyes. I'm really excited you said French rutabaga because I was going to say rutabaga because mm-hmm. I think it's a funny sounding vegetable and I don't know what it looks like or how it tastes because I've never had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glad you went there. You know how in olden days when people died, they would put coins in their eyes to prevent the, the eyes from opening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they didn't have those, they used rutabagas. That was a French mm-hmm. custom, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. so. He's like, <laughs> actually, you know, let's let John tell the story. This is not the first time this has happened, Odie. This is not the first time this has happened, Odie. And if it is not you, it is Garfield and his dinner dishes. So John gets up. He's got a stew. Wouldn't you know, slips on one of Garfield's dinner dishes. Gets fucking tears to the eyes again. And it was just as funny the second time when it happened three seconds later. It was great. And then he was hiding as a caveman. (laughs) We'll get to the hiding. There's a doorbell ring. Here we go. Uh, yes? Good day, sir. Uh, do you feel like you spent half your life picking up after your pets? So a couple of things here. One, this guy's name is Mr. Sellers. That doesn't come up till the very end, but they named the door-to-door salesman Mr. Sellers. It's good. <laughs> it's not even Peter Sellers. 
The second thing. <laughs> the second thing. This show came out in 2009, and they're doing a door-to-door salesman story. Like, what the fuck? Come on. This is just like the Dennis the Menace episode we watched with the door-to-door salesman. That but that was made that. 20 years earlier? Oh, right, 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 right. That's the point I'm making. Like, <laughs> God damn. Like, there's no internet conveniently for ordering products in this universe, but there is internet to view museum websites. Sometimes you'll have people like, well, people come around the neighborhood who are trying to sell you cable or whatever. And I just kind of hide in another room until they go away. Um, (laughs) But it's not like some dude coming to my house, hawking knives, you know, it's just, fuck, did we have no other ideas for how to get here? But apparently not. I don't know how it happened. John's talking to Mr. Sellers, and then he gets potato eyes again for a third time in less than a minute. Potato eyes, I'm watching I don't even know. you. I don't even know. So Mr. Sellers is selling a cleaning robot, the Tide D7000. And ah, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's clever. So he sets the robot to clean up after pets. So the robot goes into the house where, again, there's no texture, like walls and ceilings and rugs and bookcases. They all are just flat. There's nothing to any of them. And the camera pans to Odie, who looks like he's eating pants. I I don't know what Odie had, but it looked like he had like a pair of like leather chaps. But the Tidy 7000. (laughs) Oh, man. Wouldn't you know it? It's a powerful vacuum. It just starts sucking up all the books off the bookshelf. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it sucks up Odie, and it's just this horrible, just mishmash of like beeps and boops and like calliope music. It's just a fucking nightmare. Did but, this remind you of when your Roomba tried to uh, suck up your dog's shit? Well, it did uh, suck up the dog's shit, and I will say the Roomba didn't discriminate. In that case, it did clean up after the dog, but I didn't program it to do that. Mm. It did also suck up several of the cords in my office. And for whatever reason, well, you kept like, loving them out. I didn't. Yeah, it sought out your cords and sucked them away. It unplugged my laptop more than once and like carried the charger down the hall. You know annoying. what they say <laughs> Roomba unplugs your cords and drags them down the hall once. Shame on Roomba. Roomba unplugs your laptop twice and drags the cords down the hall. Shame on Roomba. Roomba. Unplugs your laptop and drags the cords down the halls six or seven times. Shame on Roomba. Yeah, that's accurate. It's always the robot's fault. I'll write to the company. I figured out why Shailen picked this episode here. So we cut to Garfield, and he's got two pieces of bread that are larger than him. So so John has either made or procured a loaf of bread that is larger than the cap. But what is Garfield's mission? This is going to be a sandwich of historic proportions. First, the bread. Now I need something good to put between the two slices of bread. <laughs> good sentence. Yeah, I didn't catalog everything Garfield got here, but I saw a can of tuna fish. I saw he had spreadable cheese. Oh, mustard. I was going to say mustard. it looks like spreadable cheese. But that crazy tidy comes in and he sucks up the bread. And Garfield is apparently a moron. I guess he is a cat. And he just starts spreading tuna and mustard on the counter for some reason. And then the vacuum steals that too. And then, uh, okay, there's a lot going on here. Garfield sees the vacuum and he's like, Hey, vacuum. I like you less than lasagna. (laughs) And then (laughs) the vacuum starts chasing him around and has an infrared camera. And Garfield's pretending to be a lamp. Like like he's fucking drunk Homer Simpson. He's wearing the lampshade on his head, but the vacuum sees him 
And then it sucks up Garfield and it shoots him and Odie into the trash. And again, like you're looking at this trash bro, but then there's just random people just walking on the street back and forth with no particular mission. And they all kind of walk at the same speed. So John is still with Mr. Sellers. John has apparently not heard this racket inside or wonders where his animals are. And John is an irresponsible pet owner. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Mr. Sellers is like, all right, sign this contract. And then Odie and Garfield come back in. And if you've ever wondered what cartoon animals in Great Distress sound like, it's a lot like this. No! Please don't buy that robot. Please don't buy that robot. Please don't buy that robot. Did I say you shouldn't buy that robot? <laughs> He's like mumbles from Dick Tracy. <laughs> with the, uh, the the vertigo soundtrack going yeah. on in the background yeah and then john puts pen to paper and garfield just goes no and for a half second the whole atmosphere around him just turns into this black spiral and i was like what did, what hit what is this this is this is french as hell and then <laughs> mr sellers mentions multiple times there's a money back guarantee on this which seems really weird but of course he would have to for the rest of the episode to make sense and he gives john this big ass book the instruction manual and he leaves and then john <laughs> reveals this very weird character trait about himself i never read instruction manuals <laughs> he just throws it in the garbage like again a truly insane thing to be in the show or for him to say but literally, the show couldn't make sense from here forward if he doesn't do that. So, I don't know. I don't know like why this particular thing bothered me. Like, I don't read instruction manuals. <laughs> John's an idiot. Yeah, that's true. John yeah. sucks. They all suck. Like, all these characters Yeah, that's true. The robot is cleaning up the house. It's still cleaning up the pets. So, it sees a picture of Garfield in, like classic form and he's like lounging on his side and he's giving a thumbs up and i was like that's funny and then he sucks it up and then garfield hides behind a plant because garfield loves hiding garfield steals cookies but drops a crumb and then the the robots cleaning it up and when you know it garfield is hiding in the cookie jar and i was just like oh fuck this is fucking brutal it goes on forever so they're back outside in the garbage odie has the instruction manual in his mouth and garfield has a plan shalen feel free to chime in at any point it's just you, you picked the show and I'm, I'm doing a lot of lifting here while you're you play doing, it's you're going so long i would have just said the vacuum chases the cat around the house a lot we have a commitment to go 100 minutes at least now <laughs> so they they get a plan the robot farts So that's pretty funny. And then Garfield jumps on the robot and he's like tip tapping on the, the control pad. And he's like, I reprogrammed it. Now, this is the part that I was confused by among all of the shit we're waiting through. Specifically, Ben is waiting through for us. He programs well, you had, it. You had more important things to be doing. He programs it. On the internet. I was actually looking at your notes. I think it was your notes. I was looking at old episode notes. For the game. <laughs> That's such a fucking weak explanation. This Why is are we a, looking at old episode notes? Because I wanted to make sure that the game I made for tonight doesn't overlap with the other game from Garfield. <laughs> I had oh, a yeah, that, that would be a real tragedy. I digress. So Garfield program... Catastrophic. Re- Cat-astrophic. <laughs> ah. Ha-ha. Sorry. 
I want to interrupt again. Garfield programs the vacuum so that it's not cleaning up after pets. It's cleaning up after pet owners, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hilarious. Whatever. It's going to chase John. Why is vacuuming up the creature for which it is responsible for cleaning up as? Why is that the malfunction? So you've chosen now to bring that up. Because they don't directly address it as a thing until then. Because at first I was like, Mm. oh, when it said clean up after the cat, it thinks the cat itself is a mess. But then when you do it after the pet owner and it tries to kill John because it's murderous, because robots are evil, because Mm anti-science, that's that's the message Mm -hmm. I took from this cartoon. Hashtag fuck Asimov. It doesn't work. Like that's not what it's, it's not cleaning up after John, it's cleaning up John. Mm -hmm. It's cleaning up John. What's up, up dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's dumb, Sean. I mean, it, like, but it went from like dumb and boring and and repetitive to like, what the fuck? Kind no, of dumb. no, we were long past like, what the fuck? When John got three straight tater eyes and Garfield kept hiding at things, I was I was at what the fuck thirty seconds into this. Hey Ben, that's okay. Yeah, would you show this to a child? No, I wouldn't actually. Shailen, how about you? <laughs> fuck no. Yeah, me neither. Ben, what would you score the show? Uh, <laughs> a quarter, probably a quarter. Things that should not be. That's why? Why the quarter? What? What's that little twenty-five percent? It's so boringly chaotic. I found it mildly fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shailen, what are you giving this? I give it a one because you can take. One of the the internet gifts where it's like, instead of stairs in Spanish, this is stairs in French cartoon. Like I just, I couldn't tear my eyes away from it, but at the same time, I hated all of it. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. so fucking French. And I don't understand what that means, but I can see it when I see it. It's just like weird, kind of loosely tied together. It's like it's, it's there. I don't know either. I'm going to give Ben anxiety because he doesn't get to finish his clips. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I give this a zero. I did this show. This is dreadful. It's <laughs> dreadful. Really this it, might be the it, first it, time we've not finished an episode, and I think it's definitely a, the right move. Mm-hmm. It upset me. Like it was just like why? I was mad at Shailen, uh, and like I, <laughs> I picked Clonkers, all right. And Shailen, I know you didn't like Exo Squad the last time for the last pick, but you know that that at least had something to talk about. Do you know what yeah, upset me the most? Like, characters existing. John didn't get his refund on his vacuum. Well, no, he, he had to chase the guy down. Mr. Sellers also apparently designed the robot. So he's the designer and the salesperson. <laughs> like, what? Maybe that's why he's door to door. Because he's, I know, guess. He's just, uh... Oh, he didn't make it to Shark Tank yet. Like, he's just like. <laughs> oh, that's true. The yeah, single yeah, yeah. guy, like, tinkering in the in the barn. and What do they, what is Shark Tank grass? called in the UK? It's called, like, is it called the Lion's Den or Lover's Lane? I think it's called The Lion's Den, but I think that Lover's Lane is much better. (laughs) I'm going to call that show The Lover's Lane. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, that's the Garfield show. You know, Shailen, you punished us with delightful French-based content. Bullshit show. So you better be goddamn ready with a great-ass game. So we have tonight a version of This or That. It's (laughs) two-step. Okay. Two step? The this, the this or that two step? The this or that, that two step. It's called the duh step. Duh. To make it thematically appropriate. I found 
the anti-science-ness of this episode, both like the anti-robot because they're not trustworthy and also like the science is going to steal your house because science is more important than your house. Mm -hmm. Um, Offensive. I was affronted and I was like, that makes me think of conspiracy theories. So I'm going to give you the brief description of a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. You have to describe to me what people who believe in that conspiracy believe. And then you have to tell me if I invented that conspiracy (laughs) or if people in the world actually believe in it. Man, I always leave these descriptions just like, I feel like I just took like LSD. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Um, much like the way we ended uh, our review of Garfield, I think we should just dive into this. Just let's just go in it. Let's just go let's in and find out. Feel our way around. Let's rip ass. Yeah. All right. You get to ring in, and if you have a funnier version than the other person, you can try to steal their point. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then fuck you. You don't get the point. Okay. Do we need buzzing noises? No. All right. Please describe to me the belief system of someone who would tell you COVID-19 isn't real. Oh, boy. We're doing this, huh? (laughs) So who's doing this? Whoever goes first gets it. Uh, An independent, red-blooded, sound-minded American. No, I didn't didn't mean, like, describe the person. I meant describe what they believe. (laughs) Like, why do they say that? COVID-19 isn't real. Okay. Oh, the the nano machines from Metal Gear are injected in with uh, Bill Gates, and it will take liberty. <laughs> it will take liberty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a democratic or liberal agenda, and the virus itself is not real, but they are trying to whip up some some fear the the dems that is they're they're trying to whip up fear and mongerings to um to t- sort of wrangle all these all these sheeple right into uh into getting inoculated with you know the 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 gps nanobots that will track every single movement you have all right whoever answers first slash fastest and correctly because if you do it fastest and you're wrong it doesn't count do people really believe in this Yes. What? In the nanomachines? Yeah. Yeah. So in your description, not mine. Yeah. Or Ben's. So both of you got a point for describing the belief system because it's confusing and squishy. Sure. But mm-hmm. only Dave got the point for correctly squishy assessing like people lasagna. believing in it. Ooh. I like lasagna. <laughs> I wish the Moderna was more of a shot of lasagna. <laughs> I, I would get it if it was called lasagna. <laughs> Can you just put that in my belly? <laughs> Instead of Pfizer, it should be called pasta. <laughs> oh, man. If pasta were the vaccine, think about how much faster everything would have gotten better. If vaccine were pasta, then we'd all have gout. Happily so. <laughs> Please describe to me the belief system of someone who declares... What is this game called? This or that Garfield 2 edition. Okay. Conspiracies. <laughs> Garfield 2. Garfield, duh. It's Garf shots part, duh. Pyramids were ancient power plants. What were they? Pyramids <laughs> were ancient power plants. Uh-huh. Okay. Tell me what people who say that believe. That the pyramids were ancient power plants. Because Jesus gets powers from the sun 
and the tip of the pyramid is a diamond which can harness the power of the sun and then it spits out fucking sweet bars and then you eat them and then nano machines what kind of bars either wrap bars or protein okay potentially both dave yeah so another uh libtard or dem conspiracy they the dems purport that they're just natural you know or not natural but ancient uh structures developed by a human civilization from long ago but we all know of course that these pyramids were put there by an alien race to mm-hmm. help power their planets and all their ships that help them hop across the galaxy the dems they don't want us to know that because we we, we can't handle it it's it's too much and they want to make sure that we remain in the dark and uh, that they can inoculate us with GPS tracking nanobots. All right. Well, those nanobots. Mm-hmm. Do people believe in this theory for real? Yeah. Yes. Not what either of you described, no. <laughs> oh. But the okay. pyramids one. The pyramids the- one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. You both get a point for saying that, yes, people think that, but neither of you get a point for creating the conspiracy itself. What is the conspiracy? That an alien race came and built power sources for the Egyptians. I just said that. But I did too, no, and I said Jesus did it. There's no like weird you people can't handle it in political affiliation involved. All right. Well, how close do we have to get? Exactly. Closer, <laughs> closer than that. <laughs> On the money, baby. Aliens came down and made them power plants. The I power that was pretty plant. Close. The power plant. <laughs> All right, ready? I guess, yeah. Certain soft drinks alter your DNA. Oh, this is easy. It's Mountain Dew in that fucking yellow five, and it makes it so you become impotent and your seed becomes less fertile. And it also makes it so you become a frog. And then when you make sweet love to birth, and then it comes out a frog and like, it's just like, fuck. All right, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And just to piggyback on Ben for a quick, quick second there. A hot second? Yeah, it's a, a hot minute, if you will. The, the syndrome that you get when you drink Mountain Dew is called shrivel dick. <laughs> and, um, and it actually turns your, your little swimmers into tadpoles. Um, so, yeah. Listeners, we want to hear your best Mountain Dew stories. Hashtag shrivel dick. Watchbots on Twitter. Watchbots pod. SDS, shrivel dick syndrome. So does soda change your DNA? Yes, of course it does. But it starts with the teeth. It starts to rot your teeth out. People just think like your teeth are falling out. But what you're in fact getting are a new set of teeth. And they're not your teeth. They are another person's teeth. So you don't change your DNA to another animal like Ben is suggesting. You actually start to change into a different human being. It's bananas. It's called shrivel dick syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so I need you guys to tell me, do people truly believe in this conspiracy? The r- real one or the thing I rambled about? The thing you rambled about. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, no one believes in my shrivel dick tooth syndrome. 
Do you think that people believe in the headline that I described? Yes. Mm, no. That sounds like something you would make up, Shailen. Well, you're both right that the insane stories that you told me are not the, the case. Oh, well, thanks for the confirmation. <laughs> but people do indeed believe that your DNA gets more rapidly aged by soda. Oh, it's like old. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, man. Is that the twist? Old. Hmm. We have a tie, 3-3. Three, three. I'm okay. not keeping close track of where those points came from, but that's where we're at right now. Is there more? We probably have more than three clues. What? <laughs> there are clues? <laughs> that's what I've There's been There's three reading. left? Is that are what you're saying? Prompts? How many prompts do you have? I have a whole bunch, but we're not going to do them all. Are they only okay. <laughs> an ancient things? <laughs> all right. I, I asked if there were more, and you said there were more than three, and I, I guess that was an answer. It just wasn't the one I was expecting. Scientists. Uh huh. No, wait. That was the wrong word. Oh, fuck. Since 1947, <laughs> my handwriting is really good. All right. Since 1947, we've known that octopuses are extraterrestrial. Octopi. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And Hashtag it's true. the government octopuses. suspects they started World War I. That I- octopuses started. World War One. That is correct. Alien yeah, because they, they killed fucking von Bismarck. That's true. He went for a swim in the sea, but he wasn't expecting the octopus revolution. <laughs> so they were Prussian. Yeah, Ben's Ben's right. World War One, right, Shannon? Is that what you said? That's what I said. W W one. People believe this because, contrary to popular belief, Franz Ferdinand did not die in an assassination attempt in his vehicle. Uh, or an automobile, he was in another vehicle, a submarine, first of its kind. And the submarine was floating through these mine-infested waters, and an octopus floated by, set off one of the mines, submarine blew up, kablooey. People fought for years because of this one stupid octopus blowing up that mine. All right. Uh, And that octopus was Adolf Hitler. And that octopus went on to star in a James Bond film. Called a view to a kill. <laughs> Do people believe in this conspiracy, really? Yeah. In mine or the one or your prompt? My prompt. 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 Yeah, of course. People people believe in this stuff. No points issued to anyone. Oh, uh, that's just a really uh, funny story my brother likes to tell at parties. Must kill. Like a party gag. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> How long is the story at parties? It's literally just the headline I read oh, to you. Oh, okay. All right. I think we're going to go ahead with our last prompt here. Because oh, I think that I'm having, I had way more fun putting this together than you guys are having uh, playing the game. I'm having a good time. I'm fucking balls out. and we, we cut the review short. We got time to spare. I'm ripping and roaring. The lunar landing was fate. Okay. Fate? It was fate. We were destined to go up there. Faked. The year was 1975. (laughs) (laughs) Richard Nixon was in the throes of Watergate, and he was like, oh, we need a positive thing for this country. Get me Stanley Kubrick. And then they went out to the fucking studios in England, Pinewood, and they built this big set, and he was like, oh, you made 2001, and I'm Richard Nixon, and I need help. And then they shot it. And do you know who actually played Neil Armstrong? Who? Peter Sellers. 
Full circle. And do you know who played the moon? Also Peter Marlon Sellers. Brando, because he was a big fat guy, see? And then Garfield was there too. And uh, the moon was made of lasagna. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how they cleaned up and nobody knew. Hashtag shriveled. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? Yeah, so that moon landing, right? Stanley Kubrick was involved, but it was actually an accident. So he was on, everybody thinks it started on the set of 2001. Wrong. He was trying to shoot what ended up being a deleted scene of Barry Lyndon, <laughs> a period piece, but a, a, a rakish gent. But it just didn't fit. But it turns out, like, deleted scene, cutting room floor. Someone found it and, and published it and then purported that Kubrick faked the moon landing. Turns out, though, that it was. was faked. Because in a different part of the world, the Russians were trying to sow discord among Americans. And they faked the American moon landing. They had a fake flag up there and all of that. And then they knew false flag. Kubrick had deleted the scene. That's right, false flag. They knew that Kubrick had that scene. So everything was like in place for the Russians. Kubrick just like that accident just like sealed it for them. <laughs> and so they sent it over to America. People were like, the fuck is this? Is America lying to us? Fuck you, Kubrick. Fuck you, president, whoever's in charge right now. And there we have it. It's still happening today. Took a while to get there, but I got there. Full points uh, to both of you for storytelling. Absolutely. Did people believe in this? Yes. Yes. Ben answered first. Yeah. So he gets the extra point. Yeah. That's the magic of the internet and sinking delays and things like that. Do you know what my favorite movie that involves that conspiracy is? What? One of the Transformers movies. <laughs> Can't hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Embry's character is like, it was fake, guys. It was fake. That's why you couldn't get laid. That's right. I would like to thank you both cordially for playing Garfield to Electric Boogaloo, mm -hmm. Return of the Conspiracy okay. Theory. Okay. And I invite you to each tell me your favorite conspiracy theory in general because... Ooh, ooh that's good. It's a good time. Oh, this is easy, actually. That the Macho Man was blackballed from the WWF for... <laughs> deflowering Vince McMahon's teenage daughter. <laughs> All right. Is that a conspiracy theory? Yeah. <laughs> freak out, freak out. Oh, yeah, freak out. 360 degrees, Tiffany. Oh. <laughs> There's so many now. Like, every day it seems like something, something comes up. Yeah. I really love it when people tell me that the Ark of the Covenant was not an item, but is Jesus's DNA because Jesus and Mary Magdalene had a bunch of offspring. And the reason that it's guarded so carefully is because if people knew that there was blood from an actual deity walking around in human bodies, because the, you know, the descendants of Jesus would be like, grandson and great-grandson of god himself they'd get sucked up into like a science situation and people would be trying to disprove god and it's not so much that that conspiracy exists that i think is great although i do think it's great it's that i've had people get mad at me and slam doors over it when i'm like but why and Was you're like, that? Ben, stop slamming doors, please. <laughs> it's because you're a rabble rouser on the internet it's not on the internet ben it's you're people a, i know you're a rabble rouser 
So I don't have a conspiracy theory, but that did remind me of something that happened that maybe you could throw in there as a conspiracy theory. Okay. When the Da Vinci Code came out. Yes. Here we go. Know, first first time it was published. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the movie. That's the only thing I know. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Talking about the book. Hot. It was hot. Hot. Absolutely. You know, big title. Everybody was talking about it, right? I read it. My mom, grandmother read it. My friend, he read it. And so I was, I was like a sleepover or something. And- I was talking to him about it, and his mom had come in. She had read the book as well. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't believe they're covering it up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the fact that, uh, um, I'm forgetting the plot, that Jesus Jesus is still alive, or Mary Magdalene was his wife or something. I forget the, the plot point, but he states the plot point. And I was like, what are you talking about? And his mother's like, Peter, are you talking about the Da Vinci Code? He's like, yeah, it happened. And we're like, that's a fiction? That's a work of fiction? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. This, and he's like looking at the book and he's like, this all happened. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, this is, it's fictionalized, but this really did happen. He believed the plot of the Da Vinci Code. Anyway, you could see him uh, on the news a couple months ago when he was storming the, storming the Capitol. Hmm. Well, all right. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. Apropos of nothing, AEW Dynamite has ended and now. TNT is showing the Denzel Washington movie, The Equalizer. And I've never seen this movie, but so far I've seen Denzel working in like a Home Depot where his friend gives him a can of Pringles and David Harbour is in it as a gangster. So I think this might be my new favorite movie. (laughs) Is he a Russian gangster? Yeah. Probably, yeah. How many tattoos does he have on his elbows and knees? None that I've seen so far, but I've really just been more interested in, in Denzel's can of Pringles. So we'll see how it all plays out here. All right. All right. Let's see if these are pizza flavored. Let's move ourselves down into the mailbag. I have a question. If you took the Mystery Machine Gang from a pup named Scooby-Doo, the Mystery Machine Gang from Scooby-Doo, where are you? The Mystery Machine Gang from the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Machine Gang from the first live action Scooby-Doo movie and had them all in a fight to the death. Which Mystery Machine Gang would reign supreme? Sincerely yours, Mr. Jenkins. Thanks, Mr. Jenkins. Easy. Okay. The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo because they have a ma- like a magical being with them. <laughs> a magical being. <laughs> Who's Scrappy? No, he's not a 13 Ghost. Uh, Vincent Price. Yeah. Don't go there. And his little pal. Okay. Uh, Vinny Price. No, what's <laughs> the guy, the little kid's name? Oh, man. Oh. Shitso. Oh, man. Shamwow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, Shriveled D. The Equalizer takes place in Boston. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop this. Th- that Home Depot's right next to Fenway Park. See the Tobin Bridge. Yeah, I think I agree with you. My first thought is that it'll be the kids from um, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo because you think all the other ones would feel bad, you know, for mm-hmm. killing kids. Hmm. But then you're right. I think that Vincent Price character takes it over the top because that guy don't give a fuck. I'm going live action because Sarah Michelle Gellar was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard was in Scream and Wing Commander with Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> they all have combat training. Sure. I forget who played Velma. Linda Cardellini. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was in um, the Avengers Endgame. She was in the Avengers and she disappeared, but she's probably had some training as well. She was in a weird biopic about Charles Manson, too. It was called The Da Vinci Code. Do you know biopic? 
biopic. It's a biography picture. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> How would the live action one kill the cartoons? Do they have access to Judge Doom's barrel of dip, perhaps? Oh, I didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's get yes. this roll. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. You know what they are? It's, uh, it's a cool world scenario where they jump into the uh, cells of the show and are able to, uh, to invade that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I was going to say, if I were to change my answer to agree, I would say they just threw fucking acetone. <laughs> they, just, they just deleted the They the just films. dissolved them. Not just acetone. Fucking, fucking acetone. Fucking acetone. Fucking lizards. Well, it's as good Two, as it's going to get. Listeners, we want to hear from you what Scooby-Doo gang would reign supreme. Hashtag. Hmm. Scoopreme? <laughs> Let's try both of those again. <laughs> Hashtag. Gang warfare. I don't know. Hashtag <laughs> murder incorporated. Hashtag Scooby Doo Thunderdome. Hashtag ooh Scooby Doom. Yeah, we got Scooby Doom. Hashtag Scooby Doom. Nice, nice. And you can reach out to us at mailbag at or email at watchmodspot.com. This episode's got me all asunder here. Thankfully, that's the end. Any final thoughts on France or conspiracies? Can play some more clips. I got I got five more. I would say that both France and Conspiracies are better than this cartoon. Okay. So love it. Spend your time more wisely than we did. Mm-hmm. Dave. I got a confession, guys. Mm-hmm. This whole time, I had watched the wrong episode of the Garfield show. Ah. <laughs> I, was, I was just winging it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched one where they were chasing a, a poacher who was chasing after a giant white tiger. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It was garbage. There was like songs. <laughs> okay. And like musical numbers. Yep. And the musical numbers also sounded like royalty-free music, like the intro did. Sure. Yeah. Did Garfield hate Mondays in your episode? Did he love lasagna? Was Garfield just a clock? <laughs> he was a telephone. No, he uh, he was trying to feed... He was playing a game with Odie in the back seat of the car on their way to someone's of rich guys called zoo. eat the lasagna and he was like guess what the sandwich is and if you get it right get the sandwich and Odie couldn't get it right because he can't talk he's right like, nope it's tuna <sighs> and then he fed all the sandwiches to penguins and the penguins sang a song about being imprisoned in a zoo and how they hated it sure oh it was weird it's a hard um, knock life for us it's a hard knock life for <laughs> penguins when you're living in the zoo and you don't know what to do. Anyway, your final thought. <laughs> the show sucks no matter what, what episode you watch. Sure. It's a rich tapestry. Anyway, I'm sorry for leading you guys on. And That's okay. I'm resigning from WatchBots right now. In my mind, it's the exact same animation from start to finish that we watched. You just had a different script. I mean, Chalen watched the show and couldn't be bothered. To help, to help me fucking push things along. I, don't I know had to, to sit interrupt. on Facebook. Wasn't on Facebook. It just gave a real skeptical look, listeners. I, I don't know if it came through. Hold on. Let me. There it just is. Rubbed just rubbed his face on the just, microphone. Gross. Just came right through on the microphone, folks. Hearing those eyes roll. Well, you know what? You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Jiffy at WatchBots Pod. Please rate and subscribe and all that good stuff for Dave and for Shale and this has been thanks for listening to another episode of Watch Bots and to take us out of here 
you know, Shailen, I've been thinking a lot that you picked the show for us and led us down this path where you kind of watched it and Dave didn't watch it at all. And Mm -hmm. that can't go unrewarded. So I've just sent you the lyrics to the Garfield and Friends song in French. And I'm going to play the Garfield and Friends theme song right now. And you're going to sing it. And then once it's over, I need to hear a joke about lasagna. Uh, Actually, from both of you for not also watching the episode. So here we go. (laughs) Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and and Friends. Do you like that alouette I just threw in there? Garfield Esmez. Don't diverge. Fiesta. Siesta. Sambo. Alonso. Hi, caramba. Guess it. Et tartes de tutel tayes. Andres ven is at a look at the plus near the jame. Andres il is the temsef. Garfield it. Say amis. And pay attention. There'll be a test at the end. All right, now I need your lasagna joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Oh, you're not doing it in a Garfield voice either. Was I supposed to? You didn't say that. I thought that was implied. No. (laughs) Punchline in Garfield voice. Shit. Did you give me a who's there? Who's there? It's my lasagna. You can't have it. Mondays. (laughs) 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 Is that Don Rickles I see? You heard me. All right, Dave. Lasagna joke. Let's hit it. (sighs) Cette lasagna est super. (laughs) Très bien. Bonsoir. Mondays. 